0: all right everybody welcome back to another edition of the untitled jeff gluck podcast i'm your host jeff gluck and i'm here overlooking the front stretch at auto club speedway with my friend dominic Aragon. From the racing experts, that, that was a horrible accent. I'm sorry, Dominic. How are you though?
1: Hey, no, that's pretty good. No, Jeff, I'm I'm excited to be here. Really happy to be here, and been been an honor and a privilege to, to cover the first five NASCAR races this year. So just wow, cool. really good for you. Yeah, been been cool to, to witness some historic moments in our sport, and that was no different today.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know we're sitting outside here because it's a nice day, and uh, we've been cooped up inside all day, uh, and so we, we you know. I don't know, man. I I'll be honest. I'll just start off. I'm, I'm I'm just gonna be totally straight with you. I mean, I think beforehand, yesterday we were talking about doing the podcast, and I was like, man, this is gonna be epic. This race is gonna be epic. We're gonna have a lot to talk about. The you know the racing is gonna be crazy. The leader's not gonna get away. I told dude, I ran into so many people this weekend. I told them, oh, the 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 leader will never lead by more than a few seconds because they won't be able to get away. Anyway, you know, I mean, look, it it basically looked like more or less like a, a real, like a normal Fontana race, which is fine, but the expectations were, I think, at least from what I understood, that it, this new rules package was supposed to change things. I don't feel like it really has so far. What about you?
1: I'm kind of with you there, and I don't know if you recall back to Daytona Media Day a few weeks back. A lot of the mid-pack drivers, like your, your guys like Chris Busher and, and people at JTG Doherty Racing, Front Row Motorsports, a lot of them are really excited about the season. Talking with Cody Ware, a lot of those guys thinking, well, we can pick up more lead lap finishes. We're going to see more parity in the field. And we really haven't seen that at the intermediate tracks. And I think well, we were both there at the Las Vegas test session a few weeks back pre-season testing and I think we're we both share the same sentiment that we were very excited about seeing what we saw. We saw twenty five lap runs. Nobody could really get further away from each other more than a few car lengths there was battling from second place to eighth place to twelfth place, whatever was on the track. And I think that kind of set the bar really high for some of these intermediate tracks. And we really haven't seen that. Now don't get me wrong, I think the restarts have been amazing. Atlanta was awesome. Vegas was great. Even with the high horsepower package at Phoenix it was awesome And, and this race here in auto club was great, but I think it's not met expectations. I think everybody's expecting a lot closer racing.
0: Yeah, I think I you know, I've if I've learned anything from early the season so far is that testing is such a, a mirage. It's just an illusion. You can't trust what you see in testing. And I I didn't realize that, I guess. I mean, even here. here you know, we're sitting right here at Fontana on these on these pit road suites and I was here in January, the first week of January and there was a tire test um, three cars: Martin Truex Jr., Logano, and Suarez, and they were doing these runs of the three of them, and and really they couldn't get away from each other. Just three cars, so I thought, well, surely if if there's a you know just three, and over the course of time, we you know, you put 38 cars on track or whatever, it's gonna be great. Same thing with Vegas, as you mentioned. I mean, we saw these these packs go for 25 laps at a time or whatever. We're like, dang, this is okay. Hey, this is something else. Then you get to Vegas doesn't doesn't happen. Uh, you get to here Fontana doesn't happen. Phoenix I think um, the way that the package was nobody expected drafting there, but it made that race actually a little bit worse. And then Atlanta was Atlanta. So it, you pretty much have the same thing that's been happening in, in NASCAR the same racing except slower. So it's like like what, what that surely that was not the point of them doing all this, right? I
1: wouldn't think so. I mean. When I first saw those cars at the track in Vegas, it was kind of I'd say comparable to what we saw at the Truck Series. That's how fast they look, at least going on the track. And I, I think we were all expecting these cars to be a lot closer, and we just haven't seen that. And I think you even asked the, all of us have asked the drivers at different parts of the season so far. What, what do you think the racing is going to play out on Sunday? And there's been varying answers. So to me, it just seems like it's it's 2018, which just the cars are a little bit slower.
0: Yeah, and I think too, like like you said, it was supposed to be. Sort of like a combination of truck series racing plus a little bit of the all star race last year, you know, and and people thought it was going to be somewhere in between those, and it just it just hasn't. And you know, I don't think that that like if the expectations again, I and I've I've talked about this the last couple weeks, but it's it's a theme at this point. If the expectations weren't so high and there hadn't been so much hype and build up that this is going to be this and drafting and all this stuff then I don't think it would have been such a under scrutiny like this. It would just would have been another Fontana race or whatever, or another Vegas race. But because it's that way, you're just like, uh, I think, uh, I think we have Kyle Busch taken off from the track now or something. Maybe that is awesome. Right <laughs> overhead. here hear a helicopter going. So he, he, I'm assuming that's maybe somebody leaving, uh, somebody important, somebody important, more important than us. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that I, you know, it's just in, it, I don't know. That's, I, I don't know what this, what, where they go from here now because, you know, obviously Martinsville is a a different animal, but two weeks from now is, is Texas. And before I would have been like, Ooh, Texas, you know, that, that could be really good. Like Vegas or, you know, but now after Vegas and Fontana, I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of think it's going to be a normal, the restarts will be good. Like they have been, I mean, the restarts are great for a few laps I've ever seen. I would agree with that. I I, I, I would agree with that. I think that's a very fair point. Best restarts consistently that I've seen since I've been following NASCAR. I, that's a great observation. But then they get sorted out. And once they get sorted out, that's kind of it in some ways, you know.
1: And maybe qualifying is giving us a false narrative, too, because we're seeing all this drafting. We've never seen this much drafting, i.e. Vegas, here on Friday. Right. And, and I've been so curious to ask you your thoughts on what you saw on Friday. And if how does NASCAR go forward on that?
0: Yeah, it's, that's that's a whole other animal, yeah, you know, because it's like um, at first I was trying to embrace the spectacle that qualifying was, and I thought it was kind of hilarious that they're all sitting there and trying to go, and then the moment that none of them took a time, I'm like, okay, this is this is ridiculous, okay, this is, this is stupid, and so, you know, NASCAR obviously, I think, felt the same way, and now they're like, okay, well, now we're going to have to do something, but I don't want to see them go back to single car qualifying. I mean... Look, we're all out, out here to be entertained. We're all choosing to be here, whether it's from a, a journalist standpoint or a fan standpoint. I mean, people are here because we're interested in it and we want to be entertained. We don't want to go sit there and be bored. So I, I applaud NASCAR for trying something. But there always seems to be some like hidden elements that nobody quite thought through all the way or something. And then they pop up and there's these sort of side effects of, of what happens, but I, I don't know what the solution is to that. I don't know what the solution is to the package. Cause right. Especially with the package right now, it's, it's only five races in the season. I mean, they're not going to change it. Uh, you know, we could be like, well, this it's not good. It's not working. Doesn't matter. They're not going to change it. I mean, the, you could get to July probably, and they're still not going to change it. Cause the teams are like, well, we already spent all this money. We're not going to, we're not going to go back now. So I'm, I'm kind of worried. It's going to be a long season, but, Maybe if everybody, this sounds kind of weird, but maybe if everybody kind of like, takes their expectations down and they're like, all right, whatever, it's not that good. Then all of a sudden, it could be better because we'll be like, oh, I didn't expect that was gonna be a good race, and it was. (laughs) Like, the expectations color everything.
1: You're absolutely right. And and when I look at qualifying on Friday, I think it highlighted the human element to the sport. Because you had spotters communicating with their drivers when to go, what, when to go and be the, the first driver out, the second driver out. And I think everybody timed it off by a few seconds. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think that showed the human element to it. And I think, look at Vegas a couple of weeks ago. Bowman and Elliott didn't even get their laps in. So there were two guys right. that got cut from that. I don't know. Do you think NASCAR should penalize you? Like, Let's say a guy advances to the second round of qualifying and they don't turn a lap, do they forfeit their qualifying run? Is that the way to kind of police that?
0: I'm, I'm anti more penalties just because I feel like NASCAR is already over-officiating in some cases and so when you're you know if they're going to get in a situation like Okay, now you got to start in the back and and because you didn't take a time I mean it's not they didn't mean to not take a time. They wanted to take a time they didn't mean to miss it by two or three seconds, but I just I just don't think they need to have more penalties and more punishments and it just whenever they try to force something It hasn't worked and you could take that for the past ten years of NASCAR Whenever something they try to make the drivers do a certain thing and go, to, they always find a way around it or do something different. Or So, you know, maybe the solution is sort of, I think it's Denny Hamlin that said, um, do a couple rounds of how they're doing now. And then the top 12 cars go single car. I don't know. It's, that's still not super compelling, but it's just, uh, I, I don't know what to do, but Hey, we've, we've made it, uh, you know, almost 10 minutes into this podcast and we haven't even mentioned Mr. 200, Kyle Busch. I kind of did that intentionally because I think, from what I can tell on Twitter, people are like, like enough of 200, okay. (laughs) But, um, you know, let me ask you this: like, you you follow the sport pretty closely. What what do you think this means in the grand scheme of things? Without, I know I know we don't need to go extreme on you know saying this this. uh, Did you hear the the TV reporter down there uh, after the race? They were playing it on the PA, and uh, she she says. Okay, now the the question is raised: Is Kyle Busch the greatest driver of all time? I'm like, oh, lady, no, 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 no. let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> um, but wh- what what do you think this means for for Kyle Busch and his career?
1: I think when we look back on this, 10, 15 years from now, it's it's going to hold a lot more weight. And I think of I think back to Jimmy Johnson winning five straight and now seven titles and I think at the time oh Jimmy Johnson wins too much he's winning too many titles or he's won too much Let somebody else win but I think now that Johnson doesn't go up and lead a lot of laps we appreciate that and and there will come a time where Kyle Bush isn't the dominant car in all three series or has the the fastest car and I think right now because he's winning so much people want to see variety again that word parody everybody wants to see something different but I think when we look back on this we're I mean to say you and I were here for his 200th national series win, we're going to remember that I think that's kind of cool about this week, and that's what I'm going to remember most about covering Auto Club this week when I look back on it. And I think fans are going to look back, and whatever, however many wins he ends up having in all the series, I think they're just going to appreciate the history because you don't tend to appreciate it at the time. And, and I think probably the same for Kyle Busch. I would have loved to ask him what he's going to remember most about today or this race weekend, what memory would stand out the most to him. But, yeah, I, it's truly phenomenal. I think we just should just sit back and enjoy watching or covering whatever we're doing in the sport. Just enjoy the ride.
0: You know what? I, I can almost answer that question for him, and and I think that this, this will say why he is who he is. But I would bet you real money that if you ask him what will stand out most to you about this weekend that you just achieved this great mark, he'll say not winning the Xfinity race. You know, like I think that that will stand out to him, bother him more because, like, even after he just he after he won, he comes on the radio immediately and he goes, "Oh my God! Can you imagine if I had won Vegas?" And you know, I, I could have won all these races in a row, uh, you know, and and it's just I, I think that the ones that he doesn't win irritate him and get to him more than the than the because he, he thinks he's supposed to win every single time, so that's but that's what what drives him, you know, that's what makes him tick. So it's uh you know he's an interesting guy because he's so everybody could talk about how he's grown and changed and matured and he's 33 years old now and he's he's matured but he's still a very fiery guy a very on the chip type guy you know what i mean
1: i love his brashness i mean whether it be with the media or just just how how real he is he keeps it real and i guess the question for you is how many wins does he have before it's all said and done in all three series and where does he end up on that all-time cups list because He's one away from Lee Petty and two away from Rusty Wallace, and then after that, there's a big gap to Dale Earnhardt at
0: seventy-six. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think that I, I think he's probably going to end up somewhere in the two sixties because he'll probably win thirty something more Cup races and thirty something more Xfinity truck combined. But the, see, the thing is, like, he's not going to have very many more chances to win Xfinity and truck. Uh, races because he's only you know i think what they're limited to five truck races a year now Mm -hmm. so that's not going to pile up very quickly and and seven xfinity starts and and i think he said once he gets to 100 uh, xfinity wins he's at 94 now he's pretty much going to dial that back maybe he will maybe he won't but so i I, i'm not sure he's going to get really that close i think he'll end up closer to 250 than 300
1: that's a good number to shoot for. And, again, we're going to appreciate this 25, 30 years from now. And, like, wow, that was an incredible run he had in his 20s and 30s and probably into his 40s.
0: Yeah, once he once he becomes more of, like, a beloved figure than he is now, mm-hmm. he's still so hated now, you know? Yeah. Like, there's still so many people. I mean, you see it on, on social media. They just can't stand so many things about him. They don't want to hear about it. Um I think it's, it, it just, I keep going back to like Tom Brady just because I have such a distaste for Tom Brady and I don't care how many people tell me, oh, well, he's, he's such a good guy or he's a nice guy or, you know, he's, he, well, he's the greatest or whatever. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't want him to win. I want to see him lose. I want to see him cry. You know what I mean? Like I want to see him go off the field with his head hung low and stuff and, and I want to see <laughs> them lose. I, I take joy in him losing and there's nothing that anybody could do to tell me otherwise, but. I think once he's off the playing field, then I'll be like, yeah, okay, fine. yeah, he, he was the greatest. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I always joke with people, like, I want Tom to win one more. I've been telling people, okay, the greats have won seven. Michael Schumacher, Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson. Now Brady can get one more ring. There's seven.
0: I believe Jordan was seven rings too, so. <laughs> You're going to make me puke. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't know. This is uh, this is interesting that, that we started the season here in the West Coast Swing with pretty much um, – Really no surprise, guys. Uh, you know, you've had – Gibbs has been decent, led by um, Kyle. Truex has had something happen to him every week, but he still seems to get up there. Hamlin's okay. Jones is okay. Um, and then the Penske cars, uh, Keselowski and Logano, they've, they've looked good. They weren't as fast as, as Kyle today. Um, and then the Stuart Haas cars have seemed off, but yet they've been able, at least Harvick, to salvage something every week. They, they have not been themselves. They're definitely down on speed right now, the Stuart Haas cars but they're trying to make something out of it. And so you have some sort of those combination pretty much every week so far. Do you think that's going to continue?
1: I think that will continue. I mean, next week's going to be interesting at Martins, if I'm curious how the Hendrick guys are going to do, because we have not really seen speed outside of the Daytona 500 pole day out of Hendrick Motorsports. But they're another team I think they, they've just been off the last couple of years. And I – curious question where does Ganassi fall in that pecking order where, where do you think with Kurt Bush well, and how he's yeah run?
0: I mean he's certainly raised the game for them I mean he's he's like an embarrassing McMurray I would say I mean same car same team mm-hmm. and he's really performing I mean McMurray wasn't even close last year mm-hmm. I mean a lot of weeks Kurt Bush is out running Larson right now mm-hmm. um, or, or close so um do you think McMurray would be putting up these
1: numbers if he was racing this year in that one? No, time? I think
0: he'd be doing the same thing that he was doing last year. I think Kurt Busch is just, just that much of an elite talent. Um, but, you know, I, I, they, they're, they're still not there, though. They're still not at the, the Penske or Gibbs level. And, and that's the season's going to be dominated by those two teams, I think, unless somebody figures something out. Obviously, I think at, at some point SHR will make some adjustments. But um, Childress has, has had speed at times, but they can't really seem to maintain it. As you said, Hendrick, I mean, Jimmy's looked okay. I mean, he runs top 10 for a little bit in, in some of these races, but mm-hmm. just doesn't seem to last, really. Chase Elliott's looked okay, but they're, they're, they don't seem to have contending speed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Who would have thought two and a half years removed from his seventh championship? We talking about Johnson finishing 15th, an okay day for a 7 time champion. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I know. it's It can happen in a hurry. <laughs> well, um, as you know, each week on the podcast, I ask people, what the, uh, was it a good race poll is going to look like. And you and I were already starting to talk about this as we were finishing our interviews, walking, walking down pit road, you were already speculating. So perhaps you have a number in mind that you, you want to start with because this is that I feel like this is a very wide target, uh, to hit here. This is going to be very tough. Um, I, I'm not sure where, where the fans are going to go with this one.
1: Well, and to add to that target, I think the wide range. It's going to be somewhere between Daytona and Daytona. It's going to be somewhere in that sandwich because you had 80% for the 500, 20% for the Clash. I don't think it's going to be lower that's a, than that's
0: Yeah, that's a very large area <laughs> so to I throw a dart 60% and hit. target yeah.
1: here, but I'm going to say the number is about 35% because I think some people are going to value the history aspect of that. And looking at the, the tally numbers, I, I think about 10,000 people are going to vote on this, more or less, give or take about 1,000. I'm going to say it's about 35%.
0: 35% you know I, I feel like that's lower than I would anticipate um, so I don't know I don't know if I could go that low I mean you may be totally right I feel like it might be closer to high 40s I don't think it's going to be 50 50 because I feel like more than half the people are going to say no that was not a good race so I do f- feel like it'll be below 50 I'm going to say 47% really no reason other than I just feel like people again it goes back to expectations people had expectations also you know kyle bush dominated which is never good for a poll. um
1: <laughs> and i think that's why the number is going to be a little bit lower and yeah. such the hype around this race too and the test session from a few weeks ago out here
0: yeah yeah and and the fact that you know you really once again and we talked about this on pit road too and i should have mentioned this earlier on the podcast but yet another race where there's no um Uh, another intermediate track or bigger race where there's no multi-car crashes. So I I believe Atlanta, um, Vegas, and now here, you've made it through all those races and there's not been one multi-car incident. You had Stenhouse spin out today by himself and you had Bubba Wallace blow a tire. Vegas was caution-free. Atlanta, there might've been one thing, but I can't even really remember. I don't think it was a multi-car incident. So
1: and those restarts look so crazy. I thought right. it was bound to happen. Yeah, like you think cars.
0: Yeah. That's the same thing I thought with Vegas. And yet they all just kind of get they have so much grip. I guess they just get sorted out. And once they get sorted out, they have room to race. And mm-hmm. unless you're a total idiot, you're not going to spin out totally by yourself. Right. So true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could spin out by myself, but
1: I'd probably just spin out on pit road. On sort pit of road behind before even left. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Uh, well, where can people follow you um, and, and find your work?
1: Yeah, we're at theracingexperts.com, online news media with covering motorsports. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash theracingexperts. And, yeah, we, we just really enjoy covering the sport. This is our, our ninth year doing this. So a lot of fun, and it's, it's, been a, it's been a dream come true, especially hailing from a small town in New Mexico west of Albuquerque, Grants, New Mexico, and being able to, to do this and try to make a living at it. It's been, it's been very fun, So and, and appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah. Well, congrats on making it to all of the first five races. And I understand you're doing Martinsville for the first time next week. So that's going to be really cool.
1: I'll have a Martinsville hot dog for you.
0: Uh, Yeah. Have several for me because I don't (laughs) need them anymore. But yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks to you guys, as always, for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.